Welcome to the Worship Room Podcast. My name is Marella Ironside, and this is the place where we will talk about anything and everything. If it's in the Bible, it stays on the table. Welcome back, and I'm excited to see what God is going to show us today in His Word and throughout this conversation. I am so ready to go today. I had an awesome swim at the lake, so I'm wide awake and uh, looking forward to diving in here and looking to see what God's Word has to say about the enemy's strategies. So welcome to this podcast. If you are new, I trust that God will bless you today. And um, yeah, we can just go away with something to really contemplate and apply to each one of our own lives. So I don't want to waste any time today with chitter chatter. There's a lot to cover. So I want to dive in right away and see what God has to say. Let's pray. Father, we thank you once again for this opportunity we have to come to you. You are wisdom. You are truth. You are love. You are righteousness. You are just God. You are holy. Help us not to forget that. Open our eyes to see open our ears to hear, and we ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would tenderize our hearts to the truth of your word. Help us to swallow our pride and our egos, and God, just do a new work within each one of us. Continue to work out our salvation so that we can go out into the world and share the gospel and be an example and testify of your goodness and your greatness that you have shown to each one of us. Go before us, Holy Spirit, guide this conversation, and may it bless each one that are listening. Amen. Okay, so I am going to dive in quite uh, quickly here, uh, talking about the enemy strategies. So um, first of all, I just want to say one thing that he is always looking for, and as we know, the devil is a coward. So he waits until we are weak. He waits until we are asleep spiritually. And then that's when he loves to come in and cause a lot of division, distraction, and chaos and confusion in our lives personally and in the lives around us um, in the world and corporately, even in the church. And we're going to address those things here today, just as it was um, for Pearl Harbor. That was something in my book, chapter three, which I will actually be reading a lot of today just to stay on track and focused on what I know God wants uh, me to say today. But in Pearl Harbor, um, that was something that was so devastating. And the Japanese spent a lot of time strategizing uh, their move and their attack. And they came in, what made it so devastating is that when they attacked, uh, they came in when everybody was sleeping. It was at the wee early, early morning hours that they attacked when most people were sleeping. And that is what made it so devastating. So spiritually speaking, it's the same thing in spiritual warfare. The enemy wants us to be distracted, sleeping, complacent. Uh, and so he waits for those moments in our lives to really come in and do a lot of damage in our minds, in our, um, in our hearts, in our, in our souls, in our relationships uh, with people. Um, just on every level, uh, he waits for those opportunities. So we don't want to give him those opportunities. And God's word gives us a checklist for each one of us um, to make us aware of the things that 
we need to examine our lives and with those things going around us as well. So we just need to be mindful of these things as we're discussing the strategies. Um, once again, it's not to focus on the devil, but it is to uh, awaken us to spiritual warfare, which is very real, and um, the strategies he, he has, and to be better prepared and equipped to, um, to live life and to live it abundantly and joyfully and um, not perfectly, but um, God has given us everything we need in and through his son, Jesus Christ, and the presence of the Holy Spirit to overcome uh, the attacks of the enemy and the powers of darkness. So let's start with uh, number one strategy the enemy loves to use is deception. It's probably one of the most desirable and damaging strategies that he uses. Um, I, even though I see it as more of a weapon, deception is also a common tactic used to dull our spiritual senses and weaken our defenses. If it looks and sounds and feels good, then it must be good, right? That's often how we think. That's how the flesh, our flesh sees life. But this is not how the Holy Spirit desires us to live. So this explains why our adversary, the devil, loves to present things to us that appeals to our flesh. This is his attempt to draw us away gradually and subtly from seeking the truth and in the hopes that we fall for his subtle little lies. This strategy has been used since the very beginning of humanity, going back again to Adam and Eve in the garden. It worked then and it's working now. The enemy hasn't changed his strategies, um, but what's encouraging we have to always remember is that God is faithful. He is in control. He is never changed. He's alpha and omega from the beginning to the end, and he will have the final say. So let's be mindful of that as we continue on here today. I would just want to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. So as I said before in a previous episode, the devil is a smooth talker. He is a manipulator. He is a deceiver. And it's not always so obvious. So that's where we have to be so discerning and we have to be in the word of God and know it inside and out, not just in our heads, but in our hearts, We're living it out daily so we can recognize when he comes to us and so subtly and so carefully and so strategically, we'll pick it up right away and we will not be deceived. But what I'm really observing is that the enemy's strategies are becoming a lot less obvious and a lot more ambiguous as time goes on. Not in the world, but within the church, for sure. Either the enemy has become better at what he does best, or we've become more complacent, less desperate for Jesus, and more dependent on our flesh. Either way, we must be awakened to the truth that God is greater and his ways are higher. When God reveals the truth, yet we choose to believe the lies, this establishes within us an even deeper root of pride that causes an even greater divide. We must trust that God's plans for us are perfectly orchestrated, packaged with a bulletproof purpose. 
It is truly mind-blowing and incredibly humbling to know that we have a holy warrior that lives in and through us when we come to know Jesus. We really do have to grasp this of the gift that we've been given in and through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, 1 John chapter 4 verse 4 says, Greater is he who is in me than who is in the world. So as followers of Jesus... This should be our motto. It's written all over our hearts. This is a good reminder that no matter where we are on the battlefield or what chapter we're on within our lives and in our story, God always remains faithful to us. And he's the author of it all. He's the one writing our story. And so we just have to be able to understand and really believe that he's in control and that he knows the beginning to the end and we just need to surrender all. Okay, next strategy I find is uh, for me something I have to constantly daily really be aware of and that is doubt. It's another popular strategy that prevents us from moving forward in our relationship with God and with others. If our enemy can get us to doubt God's word, who we are in Christ, and those who genuinely love us, then this becomes an open door to an invitation for confusion and chaos within our lives and within the body of Christ. You know, there is nothing more dangerous, you guys, than being on the battlefield as a soldier of Jesus Christ and questioning our commander, not confident about our mission or trust our fellow comrades. This is super dangerous. It is difficult for an army to take ground, any army, if its soldiers are hesitant or resistant to move forward as they begin to doubt their purpose, becoming disobedient to the orders that we've been given. And the scripture is clear on why we can give no place to doubt in our lives. It's a little seed the enemy loves to plant and it's so subtle, but if we allow it to grow, it's detrimental. And it says in James 1 verses 5 to 8, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, then you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, as such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Listen, double-mindedness is sitting on the fence. That's what it is. It's not understanding who your identity is in Christ. And you, we waver when we allow doubt to come in. When we allow, that's what the enemy did with Eve back in the garden. God told Adam and Eve, don't touch that tree. Because if you touch that tree, all right, of good and evil, then this is what's going to happen. All right, and here's a lot of other options. I'm just telling you, because I love you, don't touch that tree. And what did the enemy do? What did, what did the devil do? He came so quietly and so subtly and he put seeds of doubt in Eve's mind. Just like he tried to do with Jesus when the Holy Spirit took him out to the wilderness in that time of, of testing um, that he had. And the first thing he did was, you know, he gets him to question that, that seed of doubt. If you're if, you, if you're the son of God, did Jesus really say that? Is he, he uh, alludes to like he did with even the garden, right? 
He loves to just put a little twist on it, get us to question who God is, get us to question who we are in Christ, get us to question those that love us and know what's best for us, to start questioning everything and everyone around us. Are we to examine the things in our lives and our hearts and our minds and examine those things around us and those ones around us according to God's word? Absolutely. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about allowing those little seeds of doubt to rob the truth of who we are and who others are. And that causes conflict. That causes confusion in our own minds. We are seeing that a lot in the world today, right? Of how the enemy has come and planted seeds of doubt in the minds of so many. And he is just having a heyday of getting people to question their identity and their relationship with God and who he is. And, and so we just have to be mindful of this because it's super subtle. It, it, it's, it does, it's not something that happens overnight, right? It's a chipping away of our thoughts. And um, as long as we allow it to stay in our mind, as long as we dwell on these doubts, it's like watering the seed. And all of a sudden, these weeds that, are not, that don't bring life, that are not from God, these thoughts that are not from God, from the enemy, begin to grow. And that's when, yeah, that's just when it does not go well. So, okay, moving on. Next strategy is discouragement. And this is another strategy used to take our focus off Jesus by getting us to focus on ourselves and our present circumstances. And a great example of this was when Peter stepped out of the boat and onto the water. It was when he kept his eyes on Christ that he was able to walk on the water. But as soon as he looked down and he saw how deep and dark the waters were, that's when he became afraid. He felt overwhelmed and he began to sink. But there's always hope. And that's what I love about this story. It's a beautiful picture of Jesus stretching out his righteous right hand to rescue us like he did for Peter. And as Peter turned his eyes back on Jesus... He took hold of that hope that was offered to him by his savior, his rescuer. And it was then he was immediately saved from being consumed by the deep, dark waters. And so it is for our lives. It's when we take our eyes off Christ. Listen, his eyes are always on the sparrow. Jesus is always watching over us. His eyes are always on us. He's a loving God, a loving Father. He is always there for us. He is our Savior. He is a lover of our souls. It's not that He goes anywhere. It's us that wander. It's us that have wandering eyes. It's, our, it's when we give our flesh permission, right? to have its way and not Jesus. It's when we look down and we're afraid and we're living in fear and we're living in doubt and um, we get overwhelmed and we allow our situations to consume us and we take things into our own hands. That's when we begin to sink and that's when we become, um, that's when we start to feel like we're being overcome by the darkness, right? And, and by overwhelmed by the deep waters. And that is not how God ever intended for us that know Jesus, his sons and daughters to ever live. 
It says in Deuteronomy 31, 8, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. I love this verse. This is a verse I could read every day. This is a verse we probably should read every day, especially in these days when there's so much darkness, there's so much distraction, there's there's so much depression, there's so much just, you know, discouragement around us. We we need to really uh water our souls with the word of God more than ever before. And recognizing this truth should encourage our hearts, no matter how discouraging life may seem to each one of us. Those who know Jesus have the hope and reassurance of God's word that he's in control and he has remarkable things in store for you and for me and for all his people. So we need to really encourage ourselves and encourage one another's more than ever before. Okay, the next strategy I find um, that he loves to use is diversion. And this is a popular strategy in our busy world today, as we know. And it appears to be working really, really well to get us off course in our relationship with Jesus. Our enemy will do whatever he has to in order to get our eyes off the truth and keep us from living our lives for him, moving in the direction God wants us to go. He's a genius. He's smart. He thinks things through really well. And uh, when it comes to implementing this strategy, uh, we often do not see it coming. And it says in Psalm 119, verses 34 to 40, Turn my eyes away from the worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Fulfill your promise to your servant so that you may be feared. Take away the disgrace I dread, for your laws are good. How I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, preserve my life. This is the heart we need to have as we walk out our relationship with the Lord and in the power of the Holy Spirit and just allowing to have um, allowing him to have his way within our lives. It's just this, it's such a heart of humility. It's what I'm hearing in this verse uh, that David's writing. It's just like, uh, Lord, like just, he's so desperate for Jesus. That's what I love about Psalms. That's what I love about uh, the, 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 the writings of David um, of how he's just so real, so raw, and so desperate uh, for the Lord. And uh, he knows that he can't do this without him. Okay, so moving on, uh, last but not least, um, is delay. This is another strategy that is, again, not an obvious one, although it's been proven to be highly effective in keeping us in a state of arrest and bondage. Uh, this is one I will admit I struggle with and have struggled with actually a lot more later in my life as I get older than I ever did younger. Um, I'm finding, man, I'm just having uh, a, a real struggle with procrastinating and putting things off a lot more. So I've been really having to find myself bringing these things to the Lord and uh, looking to him to help me uh, stay on course and keep my eyes on him. And it doesn't matter how little or how big our tasks are, or what God is asking us to do. Um, nothing's too small for him. Nothing's too big for him. He just wants us to remain faithful and obedient and stay the course, no matter what it is. 
And so, um, yeah, I just find that, you know, this is when we find ourselves making excuses, right? Like I said, or procrastinating the things that we know we ought to be doing. So delay is, uh, again, a strategy the enemy loves to interrupt our lives, to get us off course. And uh, when we do this, it gives the enemy more time to do more damage. And it also gives us less time to enjoy the abundant life God has in store for us. Trust me, it does not pay to delay. And I've learned the hard way of the cost of delay. And I look back on so many things and go, man, I just wish I wouldn't have fallen for that. I wish I, you know, and yet we can't live in a, a life of I wish I. We just have to repent and learn from it and grow and uh, continue moving on in the direction God would have us to go. God will always give us the opportunities to say yes or no. And we'll always reap that which we sow. It says in Galatians 6, verse 7, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. All right? So we, is again, getting back to the field, getting back to the garden, uh, in the practical, in the physical. If we don't sow anything into um, our lives, into lives around us, if we're not taking the seeds of God's word and planting them in our own minds and, and hearts and sharing them with others and watering it daily and um, you know, pulling the weeds and repenting of sin that's in our lives so our lives and our relationship with God and those around us can flourish and uh, be the beautiful thing that he intended it to be. Um, you know, God is not a fool. You know, he sees it all. We're not fooling him at all. We're fooling ourselves. And oftentimes we think we're fooling others. But really, to be honest, um, we are our own worst enemy. It's when we start to lie to ourselves, making excuses for things, that we're the ones uh, that pay the price. We're the ones that are not going to have the, the, the fruit, the the um the beautiful garden that god intended us to have in our lives and the things that he wants us to enjoy uh that the things that money can't buy and when i'm saying sow your seeds i'm not uh this verse isn't just about money um it's it's about our relationship with christ it's about our relationship with others it's about the gospel more than anything so let's be mindful of this when we read verses uh such as galatians 6 7 that we Understand we have a God that wants to bless us on every level, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. But God is more interested in our spiritual well-being more than anything. He really does uh, want us to grasp that if that's not in line, if our spiritual life, if our relationship with Jesus is not our focus, is not our priority, then everything else, if we're not sowing into his work, if we're not sowing our time into spending it with him, uh, sharing the gospel with others, um, if he is not our priority and a first love of our life, everything else is going to fall apart. That's exactly what I hear this verse saying. So let us be mindful once again, the clock is ticking.
So we really do need to awaken to the truth uh, without delaying. Knowing that there's a day coming really, really soon that we will be awakened to the reality of eternity. And we need to be awakened to the reality of eternity right now. Not tomorrow, but today. And Psalms 119.60 says, I hastened and did not delay keeping your commandments. Today's the day of salvation, people. Today's the day that we need to be walking in truth and love. Today's the day that we need to be obedient to Jesus, no matter how small or no matter how big it is. Nothing is insignificant to Christ. We might think, ah, he doesn't care about this. It's so insignificant. No, he cares about everything. He knows every hair on our head. That's how intimate, that's how much he cares about us. And yes, he is a God that nothing is too big. The things in our minds, in our lives that we see are impossible. Nothing's impossible to God. For those who love Jesus Christ, nothing's impossible when that is our focus, when he's number one in our lives. So if there's anything that you take away from this podcast today, it is that. So let us not allow our complacency and the subtle lies that we so love to believe deceive us and others around us. May we not allow doubt to take root in our minds. May we not allow discouragement to take hold of our hearts. May we not allow distractions to keep us from writing our story. And may we not allow delays to keep us from being a living testimony. So I think this is a great note to end on. So have a blessed and beautiful day. Know that God loves you. He's gone before you and he's got great things for you. And as always, we go out with the praise. Have a good one. He's never failing He's never failing